let's kick it off. Enrique, you have to do off. it. You're okay. the only one who can open this podcast. Okay. There's, there's no one else. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Enrico from Data Stories number five. And I'm together, as usual, with Moritz. Hello. And we also have, again, Andy Kirk with us. Hi, Hello. guys. Hello. Good evening. How are you? I'm good. Um, just sat here looking at the rain outside, which is you know typical of England in April. So we're not as fortunate as some who can sit next to pools in Miami, but we're okay. <laughs> I've already trained from time to time there. Exactly. Yeah, it's much too hot. <laughs> yeah, can't concentrate. Maurice, what happened? Oh, I, I'm good. I'm super tired, but who cares? <laughs> we have a podcast to do. <laughs> the listeners don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they they won't uh, notice when I fall asleep. Yeah. <clears throat> no, no okay. I'm doing good. Exciting times, exciting times. It's always exciting times for biz. Yeah, but now it's especially exciting times. Oh, yeah. super exciting. Yeah. So today we are going to talk a hot topic, which is how to learn visualization. Lots of people are curious about that. And that's the main reason why we have Andy again with us, because he has some very nice training courses and he's a real expert on the topic. And um, yeah, I think we wanted to start by saying that so visualization is notoriously quite hard to learn because it's very multidisciplinary. And, uh, and lots of people really don't know how to approach it. Uh, Andy, what, what's your experience with that? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> what you say is correct about the multidisciplinarity. I mean, the, 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 the courses that I do are introduction courses at the moment. And this is people typically who, I mean, this is the case for everybody these days. Everyone's touched in some way, shape or form by a responsibility for data and presentation of data and uh, communication of data. And the people coming to the courses represent the full spectrum of industries and organisation types, but also age groups and even skill sets. So you've got people there who perhaps are analysts already looking to top up their skills, or you might have academics or graphic designers looking to perhaps uh, widen and broaden their portfolio skills. So everybody's kind of interested right now in the, in the um, I guess, the potential of visualisation in their own worlds and it's just something that's really pleasing for me to see all these different types of people emerging on the scene uh, and coming along to the courses because that's exactly what we we were all expecting sort of three four years ago when the when the subject really moved into the mainstream so i think the the, the challenges we'll discuss in a second the the challenge of picking up all these diverse skills and this kind of convergence of all these traditionally diverse skills is, is something that's a challenge not just for people to to pick up but also when you're trying to conceive and structure and sequence yeah. a training course especially in a single day I mean we're talking yeah. about you know maybe five six contact hours in, in a day and you know there's no way a person can leave those six hours uh, as an expert uh, and certainly my objective really is to give people a route into the subjects and and, and give them a, the equipment through which they can discover the subject beyond the time frame of a single day because it's just it's, impossible. It's really interesting because, I mean, I started my whole digital media thing like 10, 12 maybe years ago 
And there, you know, multimedia was the big thing and everybody was like learning sound editing, video, 3D, yeah. HTML programming, director. And everybody was like, oh, it's all so new and everybody's just figuring it out and you have to know everything, you know, and mm -hmm. learn everything at once. And now this whole scene has much more uh, specialized, you know, so... Yeah, now everybody knows much better what type of multimedia is doing. Uh, but now the same thing starts in, in, in InfoViz. I have the feeling that everybody's like learning everything and combining everything. And I, I'm looking forward to see like in 10 years how, how the specializations. That's are, right. And I think an interesting out. thing for me is um, people tend not to just purely be coming to the courses in the capacity of having a design responsibility. Yeah. A lot of the people have got um, a role to kind of commission work or to evaluate others' work. And what they're trying to do is is inform themselves better about how to evaluate and, and understand how to judge somebody else's work. Mm -hmm. So uh, And also you've got people who exist in teams, so you might have a single lead designer, but then they've got colleagues who are you know, computer scientists or uh, technologists or video editors, you know, the, the, the people are surrounded by teams of specialists and it's about how they kind of harness the talent into a single cohesive project. So it's not always people who are trying to pick up everything for themselves, mm -hmm. but certainly yeah. have, a, have an awareness of what what is involved and what is uh, is required to, to do this subject well. So yeah, it, yeah. it's such a fascinating field. I mean, you know... As things stand, there are, I guess there are very few of us doing the training offering at the moment, um, and that in itself sort of reflects that this is still a, an emerging, evolving field that is difficult to nail down, and, and it doesn't sit still. So, yep. you know, maybe in three to five years, there'll be you know thousands of <laughs> trainers out there, and mm -hmm. I'll be uh, looking for a new job. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't um, think so. Well. <laughs> there will always be something <laughs> yeah. in this field to train. Yeah. 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 What I think is really interesting is that there are so many areas that a person should be able to cover. You have to know about computers, humans, data, the design process itself is really, really broad. Yeah. I'm wondering, Andy, from your experience, the people who attend your, your courses, what is the area that they have most problems with? That they have a hard time to cover. Yeah, What's well, the biggest gap. Well, I think the, the first thing to say is that I don't attempt to challenge uh, to tackle, sorry, a lot of the um, the technology and the tool side because I, I do explain to people that um, there's such a um, an inconsistency of people's capabilities as they come to the the sessions. There's no point in me trying to find a, a, a session that um, talks about tools or, or programming in such depth that. We'll be able to bring everybody along at the same time. So, mm -hmm. so I kind of uh, make that clear in the in the outset. But I think the I think the difficulty people have, and um, which is why I've responded with the structure of training that I have done, is the tactics. Is really you know when they are commissioned or they're, they're briefed or they're asked by a a boss or someone to to do a visualization piece, it's it's typically surrounded by uh, limited timescales or limited resources, and so they've got to find an efficient and effective way through this, you know, essentially quite a difficult creative and scientific task. And so it, what, what I try and do is, is give, give people this, this route through uh, the, the design process. And obviously it's very iterative and they have to revisit stages, but that to me is, is what people are seeking uh, above all else, a, 
a, a set of tactics or a, a, a rough process or methodology mm-hmm. that can that can be portable to any any problem context, whether it's um, uh, you know a, a small infographic or a large video installation. But hopefully, that that will then give them the the more efficient and effective way to to tackle the projects. Uh, yeah. And and obviously, you know, everyone's looking for for the, uh, the the silver bullet when it comes to what is the best method for this given scenario. But once again, there's some variables there. It's difficult to 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 say, oh, you always use this. And and I think it's important also not to uh, focus on hard rules or fixed principles as such because, because of that very reason, there are so many variables and different scenarios that are involved. And I recall, um, I, th- I think it's sort of a couple of months ago now, but there was a... Really interesting Twitter discussion between, I think it was uh, Wes Grubbs and New Moritz and I think Jeff Clark was involved and Nathan, and it was about this this balancing between do you give pre- people principles and a kind of oh, yes, a set of yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, g- guidelines that they should yeah. follow, yeah. or should people just play and discover mm-hmm. things in a much more kind of serendipitous process and. Mm-hmm. That that was a really interesting I, dis, uh, discussion. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I personally think this is a, a huge theme. I mean, how much you want to balance the theoretical part uh, with practice, mm. and I cannot really see any of the two separate. I cannot see these two things separated. They they really, uh, in a way, they they help each other. Of course, I mean, you need you need of course uh, some some basic knowledge and theory. Because otherwise, basically, what I like to say is that if you don't have any knowledge to guide your design, you are basically playing darts. Yeah, yeah. And and that's really bad. And I see it all the times. You can hurt yourself, right? (laughs) 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 No, but I I totally agree. I'm also, but I mean, that's also a philosophical point, really. But I also think, like, you should first learn the rules and understand the conventions, you know? Yeah understand how it works basically and and then you can start to play with that and become creative and also play with these conventions you know and use them in interesting ways that's it but you have to be aware of all this body of work that's you know that's there already and other people say like that's just you know that spoils you and uh and you should be as let's let's say uh as your mind should be as untouched as possible, <laughs> then it's at its best creative point. I mean, I can see that in my kids, of course. I mean, my son is painting like crazy, yeah, yeah. better than yeah, I ever could, yeah. basically. So there's something to that too. And it's the same. Sorry, Rico. I was saying it's the it's the same in 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 any creative discipline. I mean, you yeah. mentioned painting. That when I did art at school, it was very much about painting between the lines and not going outside mm. the lines. And then as you develop more confidence, you then start to become more expressive. And, and even things like football, you know, you, you can be so overly coached as a young kid that you actually yeah. lose that yeah. sense you of can freedom. It, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a real balancing act between but, the two. But the thing is, there is a strong functional component to data visualization. So, you know, it, it's not art, it's design. And we're, we're building something that should work in some sense. And there you can get lucky by just you know fooling around but usually it works much better if you know what you're doing yeah and just, that, just saying yes <laughs> <laughs> hashtag just saying hashtag <laughs> Moritz are you aware that this is recorded yeah it's carved in stone now absolutely I I, I totally stand to that That's no the... I, I also think there is some some op, you know there's 
some visualizations are objectively better than others. You know, mm. I'm totally convinced of that. And some, I also think design is an objective activity where you can have objective measures. You know, mm. it's not it's not a matter of taste. No, what you do? No, and, really. And I, I think it's. Um, I mean, you don't need to convince me on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but some people. I mean, just saying. Hashtag. hashtag. <laughs> it's trending now. Um, <laughs> another important thing is um, we had we had a question from um, EJ Fox, who works uh, at Visually. Oh yes. And uh, the, the question he, or the, the point he was asking for a bit of a discussion about was. Um, uh, in discussion with colleagues, it seems biggest gap for data viz newbies uh, is needing a question before going further. Um, and he asks, can you explain more about the importance of starting with a question or how to convey that process to uh, to noobs, newbies, new people? Nope. Nope. Um, so I think that was followed up by a, a, a reference to a Ben Schneiderman um, mantra. And Moritz, you controversially re, uh, retweeted and replied to say you want to discuss this because you don't agree. Yeah. I mean, there's something to it. I mean, of course, you know, all these rules of thumb, of course, they don't come from nowhere. So it's good if you have a question, man. But I, I think it's such a cliche to say every infographic, every visualization needs a central question. I don't think it's true. And I think many great works um, just were produced for from a fascination of a certain topic or a certain data set or a certain formal technique, you know, mm. like. But do you um, think so? That... I'm fairly sure the 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 great great wind visualization uh, Wattenberg and Viegas did. I'm fairly sure it just came from this fascination for the nice particle streams, <laughs> and then they thought, ah, listen, you know what? We could use that for wind. Let's see if we can find a wind database. You know? Yeah. And so I think that's totally valid. And there is no question behind this ah, wind but, but... visualization, except the very obvious question, where does the wind blow? Yeah, uh, but with, I mean, that's you... a topic for me, not a question, but right? That's true also on another level. I mean, even from a more academic point of view, traditionally, visualization has been used for exploratory data analysis. Yeah. 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 And exploratory data analysis is, is basically looking at the data and seeing what can I see here. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. helps so you find questions, not, not adding answers, right? predefined hypothesis, right? Yes. Yeah. And even searching for an hypothesis. So I think that's that's true at many levels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, am I right, Enrico, in saying that that's the distinction between, um, is it inductive and deductive research yeah, methods? Sure. Yeah, So one's... One... We're getting boring here, huh? <laughs> We're getting too academic. Let's let's bring it back. <laughs> so I think I think the I think the response to to EJ is that, of course, many things will start with a question and start with a curiosity about something. But it's such an iterative process. You'll 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 maybe start with curiosity. You'll embark on some exploratory analysis, and then new questions, new discoveries will emerge, and you kind of go on a cycle from there. So I don't think any lack of question should prevent people from embarking on a data uh, process. Just you know, dive in there and, and and see what what patterns and relationships and, and and interesting things emerge. But I guess, as you say, Moritz, at some point, maybe a topic will emerge, perhaps rather than a question. Yeah, so I mean, at some point, it's quite you know, necessary. Otherwise, even be going on forever <laughs> and ever. But uh, exactly. yeah, I think you know, don't get too hooked by needing a very specific defined question. If it's yeah. there, great. Yeah. But otherwise, no. Yeah. So um, I wanted to move on on if I. I would like to ask you guys if you would have to suggest to a to a novice who wants to 
who wants to learn how to do proper visualization, what, are, what is the basic skill set? What do you think are the most important things to start with in terms of knowledge? And then, of course, we can, dis we can discuss practice, but starting from studying visualization, what do you think is the most important mm. body of knowledge that you need to acquire? Well, I mean, do you want to tell us, Moritz? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean the, the basic thing you should know, which is often like not reflected that much, is like how visual variables work. So how which visual properties of a, of a mark can we vary to express something? Yeah, and and what different qualities do they have? And it takes quite a while to figure that out in detail. So because you can you can know you can work with sizes, you can work with positions, with textures, with colors, with shapes, mm. with rotation. You can combine all of that into glyphs. So there's lots of things to learn in this area. And basically also if you look at combinations, the mm. learning never stops, you know, and much is unknown there too. But I think everybody who is in the field should know about the basics in this area, also basic perception rules. The Cleveland's uh, uh, yeah. stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, because this is the thing we're working with, you know, it's like if you want to make music, you have to know about the tones, right? Yeah. So the, this is what we combine to bigger structures and to more complex things. And you... I, I think that's one thing I try to teach when I teach. I'm not great at teaching, I should say that first. So. <laughs> but when I teach, I try to... And we have to lose Moritz there. Yeah. <laughs> I try to, to make clear that this is... You should be really clear in how you use these visual variables. Like mm. you should, you know, in a, if somebody asks you, you should like without hesitation be able to explain how you did that in a certain graphic. Exactly. Because yeah. everything there was a conscious decision, nothing... Absolutely, no, that's, nothing arbitrary about these choices. That's an yeah. absolutely central tenet to my sessions: that everything has to be justified, reasoned, deliberate, and yeah. explainable. And obviously, if you've um, if you've got that knowledge of the visual variables, great. But as you said, there are so many available combinations of things that, in essence, for for new people, for new business, EJ column. It's it's almost a, a need for a, almost like a menu. This is the awareness of all these different variables that exist, and, and yeah. as you sort of move beyond the comfort zone of things like bars and lines, into things like glyphs and motion and luminance and blur, mm -hmm. it, it's very much um, a kind that's, of self really visual variables you're mentioning there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> <laughs> But um, and then, I'm missing uh, texture and hatching. Of like course, hatching, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but if you, <laughs> to to offset the um, the visual but variable stuff, obviously things around statistics and um, analytics and, and that kind of angle is, is a, obviously a, a foundation of yeah. of the subject field. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, how, how many times do we see poorly applied statistics completely undermine a? A visualization piece. So I guess that's the that's the stern offset to the design variables that exist. Um, and then there's, I mean, there's there's things such as, um, t I guess, taking the sort of visual variable angle a bit further. The Gestalt laws are, are obviously very important. And for those yep. who don't know about Gestalt laws, these are a set of, um, I guess, laws that explain how the eye and the brain. Uh, perceive shapes and patterns and relationships between shapes and patterns that, once again, are the kind of foundation of 
how visualization succeeds, how we understand whether the continuity of a line is the same series or is a new new series mm -hmm. and and how you understand the different clusters and, and, and shapes that form from different uh, position and relationships available. So that's Yeah, I mean visual variables they describe quite well how a single mark works. That's like, right. You know, how large do I make that circle or where do I position it? And Gestalt laws they help you a lot in like talking about groups of, of these right. markers and yeah. they are their interrelation, you know, the 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 and Again, that's really that's really important basic mm. knowledge there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I suppose picking up on um, the issue of questions and, and topics or curiosities, I think it, the best designers also have that sense, I guess, of a almost a journalistic sense of what's an interesting angle, what's an interesting story to mm -hmm. to dig out. I mean, if we take someone like David McCandless, for example, I mean, David's core strength for me is he's got a really uh, sound sense of uh, what's an interesting subject, an interesting story to, to pull out from data. So I think you know that, that really adds, I guess, to the statistical side and going through the exploratory process. You know, you could be on a, an infinite process of combinations and permutations of variables, but if you have got a sense of what you believe is an interesting angle, then that does help cut through a lot of the, the wasted effort. What would you say, Enrico, from from your kind of academic perspective? Do you think is is a real key ingredient? I definitely agree. Agree that visual variables are the building blocks of visualization, and if you if you don't learn how to play with them first, the rest cannot really come. That's naturally. right. And uh, um, there is one thing related to visual variables that I've experienced uh, over and over is, uh, I don't know if you have the same opinion as, as me, is that particularly the, the way being, tra train yourself to use these visual variables in different uh, settings, this, different problems, or especially trying to, to have, to come up with different designs on top of the same data. Yeah. It's really, really useful. Mm -hmm. And, um, among the visual variables, I think that position is the is clearly the most important one. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah. and I have seen people playing a lot with different colors, sizes, and on the, and all the rest. But very few people realize that the most important thing is playing with layout. Yeah. And I think layout is really really important. Yeah. And the more you learn how to come up with different layouts, the more you are you have a, a whole lot of opportunities in front of you. Yeah. Because Absolutely. this is what really changes the angle you are talking about, yeah. the way you use position to represent data. And then, of course, on top of that, you can use all the other variables, but position is really, really important. Mm. And I never see it stressed, stressed enough. I mean, I think it's really, really important. Yeah, yeah. My six-word yeah. advice is position is everything, color is difficult in this yeah. area. <laughs> and, <laughs> and there's also in, in design, there's usually a saying, get it right in black and white. So, you know, get yeah, it to sure. work in, yeah. if, if it works on a napkin <laughs> or mm. like, you know, in black mm. and white, you, you can be fairly sure that it will also work in a more refined format. But yeah. The, yeah. The, if you have the sort of the size relations and the, and the positional, you know, relations nailed, then you're almost yeah. there. Yeah, already. yeah. And, and, that, and that leads on to um, color and the knowledge of color theory. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there was an interesting case this last week uh, where I think it was probably yourself, Moritz, and Gregor, 
uh, were liaising with um, oh, yeah. Simon the, the, Rogers about yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Guardian um, uh, Coropath map and colour scheme there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is there are so many nuances to colour that you can't just get away with throwing any colour together. It needs to be so deliberate and so well-informed about the different uh, schemes, whether it's diverging, converging, whether it's sequential. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, colour theory Colour spaces. Imp- yeah. I, I mean, there's, it's... it's colour deficiencies, uh, metaphors. Oh, come um, on. I mean, pain. I, I mean, for me... <laughs> <laughs> for me, um, I, th- I think, obviously, that everyone should know, hopefully, about uh, Colour Brewer, as uh, Colour Brewer 2 dog yeah. as a resource, but um, in terms of books, um, Colin Ware would be the, the go-to guy for me in terms of colour theory and, and understanding how they, the, the brain and eye works. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a, a key thing. We will do a specific episode only on colour. I can promise that. Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, I mean, you, you could do plan. like 10 different episodes on colour and would still be <laughs> frustrated. Will this be like the Beatles <laughs> albums? We'll, we'll do a, a black series and a blue series. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then obviously we, we, you, you need, in terms of knowledge, to clearly move on to things such as tools. And software and program oh, environments yeah, sure. yeah. uh, to actually execute the work. And I mean, you, you know, I mean, this is probably a, a, once again another complete episode in its own right. But you, you, you've got to have an array of skills in, um, I guess, st- statistical packages and program environments and um, things like uh, Illustrator, Photoshop, and publishing tools. So mm-hmm. the, the the great shame i guess of the of the field at the moment is just this fragmentation of all the tools that are out there and there, there isn't one single tool that does everything and i know that's a great frustration for people who come on my courses the, the sense that oh god i've got to learn six or seven different applications here just to to complete a single piece and mm-hmm. you know many times you know it's it's quite overfit, overwhelming for many people but ultimately that's that's the unless you're doing something in pen and paper, uh, or crayons, or tapestries, or any kind of non-computer-related media, but it's uh, it, it is ultimately what, what what makes the thing come alive. Yeah, yeah. What I think is is also important in in terms of knowledge, which actually builds on top of that, is having a clear understanding of what different kind of visualization techniques are available according to the data format you have in front of you that's that's also really important okay so, so things have, like comparing have, time or that, you know those methods yeah if you yeah. have time geo multi-dimensional yeah graphs hierarchies having at least a, a, a tool a toolbox of of i don't know different uh, standard approaches that you can try out right yeah. away as soon as you know what kind of data you have. At, at Absolutely. Tips, right? Yeah. yeah. And always a repertoire. Important. So if you see a network data, you should not only think I could make this network map, but you should also think matrix or radial yeah, exactly. layout, right? So exactly. Yeah. 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 What, what, I, what I find really important is apart from the data and the technique side is this idea of to have a repertoire of metaphors as well. Mm. So there's yeah. a great book by Lakoff from the 80s. It's called Metaphors We Live By, and he looks at language. I mean, it's mostly Western thinking mm. and English, but I mean, our whole language is so dominated by images, you know, that mm. express something. Mm. Like more is language. up and less is down. You know, yeah. that's in a way it's 
arbitrary in another way it's clear because you know it comes from the physical world also or that a stronger plant you know is bigger or like rises higher up so that must be better somehow and so so all these directions for instance they they have a deep meaning depending on you know which which data you're using that's right or, or in which domain you're operating right and there's a great book by uh, uh connie malamud Mm-hmm. Visual language oh, for designers. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, uh, which is, is 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 great for that sort of knowledge as well. So cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's something people often tend to forget who are very focused on the mathematical side of things is that these things have an innate. They come with connotations. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Colors, directions, uh, uh, any type of graphic always comes with connotations and that's right. Um, evoke certain metaphors or certain mental imagery. Yeah. yeah. And another. Oh, sorry. Oh, Another no. small thing. <laughs> <laughs> Your turn. So Go I, on. Oh, well, okay. You both. Uh, uh, it's my turn, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> We've eliminated each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go on, America. Minus one times minus okay. one is plus one. <laughs> so another thing I want to mention is that interaction plays a large role as well, or may play a large role. Yeah. So inter- I must say that interaction is a little bit of a Cinderella of visualization. I, I thought it was color. What is color then? <laughs> Damn it! I'm, I'm all confused now. Oh god! Oh. I mean, interaction is even more Cinderella than color. Maybe it's the it's black art, or is it the, the ninja? Part, is it the black ninja? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, what is really surprising for for an, an academic point of view is that, especially at the beginning of the the early years of Infobiz. There were there was a lot of development in the area of uh, very very fancy interactive techniques to deal with visualization, and most of them have never been applied in 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 industry or design or whatever. Mm. I mean, it's really strange. There is a whole set of interactive techniques that have been developed uh, developed during the nineties, and nobody and they are basically dead. They mm. are just in a few papers, and nobody right. really cares about them. But it's, I think it's an important aspect of visualization as well, especially when you want to do something that is a little bit more complex than only representing the data. As, lo- as soon as you want to give the possibility to, to switch from one view to another or mm-hmm. to, I don't know, get more information because you cannot really represent everything visually, mm-hmm. I think in- interaction plays a lar- very, very large role. And it has to and- be used really well. I mean... I, I had that with students often that they want to do either an animation or something interactive, mm. yeah. you know, just because it's, it sounds it's cooler cool. or yeah, yeah, it could be more fun potentially. Uh, but if you do something, if you make something interactive that wasn't meant to be interactive, it's always yeah. like, Game oh, yeah. it's big fail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, even <laughs> should even we drop some... Schneiderman? Let's, let's quickly drop Schneiderman's mantra. So just we had <laughs> yeah. it in there. So, Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, that's the sort of, he, he formulated this basic idea that any exploratory information visualization should first start with an overview, then you can zoom and slash or filter, and you provide details on demand. And if you think about it, I mean, 99% of all <laughs> interactive infobiz works like that, in mm-hmm. fact. And mm-hmm. so I think he pretty yeah. much nailed it. And the question is how helpful it is to know that, but it's a good observation. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think the... I guess the, the other thing that brings everything together is you, you, you've ultimately got to have a, a certain flair for design, um, an eye for design, an eye for layout and placement and arrangement and 
just that's that's something about how you bring all this together into a single piece, and and, and that kind of design discipline as well, um, knowing when to finish, knowing when when have you got to the point of, no, you know, there's nothing more to to do on this piece. Um, wow, but how do you learn? How do you teach? That? Well, you, but that's it. I mean, yeah. that's that's something which I'd argue is perhaps more about practice than it is about teaching. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but. I think the, the the thing to to concentrate on the teaching is is to make people aware that the, there is a need to consciously call something as finished mm -hmm. and understand oh, yeah. why oh, that's yeah. the case. Yeah, um, that's the first. Yeah, that's true. That's the first step to, to or to see maybe when something's overdone, underdone, and understand. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. True. yeah. Um, and I, I just I just think as well that the I mean d design something that which which is very difficult to to teach in its in its own sense, um, but all these other elements that we've discussed around visual variables, about gestalt laws, about mantras, about colour, that yeah. will give you the, the building blocks of a design capability. Uh, yeah. And and then the rest is practice. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the unfortunate thing. You can't just uh, pick these things up individually and, and, and expect to run away with something successfully straight away. Yeah, but let's say somebody comes to you, he's in the beginning or she uh, of her 20s, and says, oh, I'm so keen on learning... Mm database mm. what should I do so what's the first thing you should well you immediately order. go onto my website and book a car so <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> <is that? laughs> book that all of prepared. the courses there that was exactly. prepared yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh, I mean if we're talking about different um, channels through which you could learn stupid question <laughs> <laughs> should be questions to the wrong Such guy a stupid question yeah exactly <laughs> um but I mean, I mean, I mean, certainly from my point of view, I was never, I was never taught these things. I, I was very much self-taught and went through a discovery, kind of all, all on my own. And it's, you immerse yourself in the books, you immerse yourself in the, the best websites and the practitioners, and you keep on top of the. Yeah, but would you say but... go study, or would you say go join a company, or oh, would so you say go try it out yourself? I think try it out yourself in the first instance. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, that that personal void through this is probably more important. Mm -hmm. I mean, it depends on the company. And get in obviously. touch on the web with like exactly. the usual suspects. I mean, yeah, see who you can pick up a Twitter fight with and take it from there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, I mean, I think for many people, I mean, I, this is certainly true of myself. Um, you know, coming from a background which was quite um, perhaps hard statistics, um, information management, I was very much on the kind of corporate shall we say, the Stephen Few style side of the world. And it's, it does take quite a concerted effort to kind of release yourself from those shackles in, in many ways. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I would also equate it to art, once again. You know, it's, it's difficult to, to have that confidence to, to go outside the lines and to become quite expressive. But, and that's where I think the working on yourself, on, on, by yourself, is, is so important. It's, it's much more liberating. There's no rules there. There's no... There's no uh, company, organisation, bosses going to say, well, you didn't do that right, or well, this is going to be due by next Monday. So I think, you know, that kind of personal practice. And, and as you said... But get... will you learn alone, like, how to... All these design principles, I mean... So I, I would say take at least to an internship or maybe study design, oh, you know? God. Because yeah. just to learn this process of sketching or understanding, like solving the wicked problems, knowing when to stop and these things. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, but maybe an internship is good too. I also think, I mean, you've talked in previous episodes about uh, contests. 
And yep. you know, if yep. if you're um, if you've got the capacity and the time and the and the, and the will to do it, mm. there's absolutely no harm in in, in taking those contests contests and the data sets that are on offer there and the, and the briefs that come with them, yep. and and throwing something together, submitting it, and then learning from what everybody else is doing. And so on, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, design's all about choices, and, and as you'll see on any visualisation contest gallery, mm. it's so many different interpretations, and you can learn from those different interpretations, see what other people have, have, have discovered as a, as a potential solution, sure. and, and form your own judgments whether that seems to work for you or not. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I would even say, if you have time, studying cognitive science hasn't hurt for me. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. that, that was a good basis too. I mean, it's a bit like a, a very long road, because first you study something where, I mean, Technically, I don't use 80% of the things I've mm. learned, you know, but it sort of provides that lot of formal um, background in knowledge representation, computing, artificial intelligence, you know, and these things. So, Absolutely. Uh, linguistics. So I think from a sort of coming from the the second angle, not the directly applicable one, but the, the more the background knowledge, that's a great thing uh, to do. And everything that we're saying here is a kind of, it's it's revealing that, there is so little formal education on these on these things. Yeah, there's none. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's nothing. Otherwise, in we would just say, yeah, take that course and you're done, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah, or yeah, yeah. see math through to a certain level. There's there's nothing. I mean, and obviously, it's difficult as we've mentioned. It's so interdisciplinary. Where would you pitch it? Where would you position this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I've I've talked about this in a previous blog posts on on my site about where where and how could you teach youngsters? At, you know. At, age 10, 11, 12 at the start of secondary school, mm. you know, how could you get the skills across at that early age? So it's it's difficult and that's why people are now reacting afterwards almost to, to, to build up these skills uh, off their own back in many ways. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think what is really interesting is that if you, if you like data visualization and you are in the position of starting a new uh, bachelor or master, it's not easy to understand what kind of faculty you you would have to go to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are so many options. So historically, you can do visualization in either computer science with a more with a bent towards uh, human computer interaction or computer graphics. Mm. But you have lots of people coming from statistics, from mm. design itself, yeah. from cognitive science, as you said, Moritz, like you. And there is a very long tradition in geography as well. Absolutely. Lots of, oh, lots yes. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not to <I> forget. Mean, <laughs> not to forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, I mean, it's really hard to decide. I think, mm. you, of course, you have to follow your heart. But if your main goal is to learn a visualization and you know you already know that this is the thing you like, I really don't know what's best. I mean, probably, I would say computer science because I'm a computer scientist, but any other faculty would, would work as well. And I guess it also depends on where you've come from. So you might have a statistician who's looking to enhance their uh, kind of design capabilities, so they'll already have that grounded. You might have other people who are coming from a graphic design, so they've got the kind of executing skills, they've got the design skills, maybe even the yeah, sure, colour theory, sure. and they'll need sure. to you know address other gaps. So I guess it's, it is the, the original um, perspective that you're coming from, that you, you, the gap you're trying to bridge, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, all those all those disciplines are, are ideal. But I mean, the, the interesting thing for me is, um, you know, if you're studying something like biological sciences or medicine or anything that's got a quantitative element, um, how do those people 
uh, kind of skill themselves in, in this mm-hmm. field. And, and I, I would love to see, you know, kind of elective modules in, in universities that yeah, everybody should people. have a course on that. Everyone Absolutely. should have an elective. Yeah. Everyone yeah, can drop yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I might be giving a course to like 10, 12 PhD students from all kinds of fields. So mm. I'm just uh, yeah, yeah, discussing that. And this will be fantastic because they all do visualization. They're just not reflecting it. You know, that yeah. this is something... Or how how much you can do there? I think there. And yeah, so, sure. Uh, yeah, this, and for me it will be totally interesting to look at their research too. So, it should <laughs> yeah. be fun. Yeah. 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 I mean, in the end, visualization is a basic tool, and you can imagine in an ideal. It's like world, write, writing, or you know. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is what I was saying. In an ideal world, you would have to, you would love to teach visualization to in the high school as well. I mean, why not? Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. I mean, I got. Um, uh, it didn't go any further, unfortunately, but I had a, a teacher from a, a local school approach me about um, an interest that he had in, right, I think it was his maths um, <laughs> class, ah, and he was looking to, to find out. Unfortunately, it didn't go any further uh, for various reasons, but um, yeah. I mean, I guess this, let's make this a public appeal. I, you know, I'd be very interested in, in you know, getting together with any, any teachers out there who are, are interested in, in a, I don't know, whether it's a, a maths class or any class, really. I'd, I'd love to find the the technique to teach at that level now you know I'm, I'm so far away now from school i can't remember really how would how or what is the most effective technique at that age to mm-hmm. to impart such things and how deep should you go but i'd love i'd love to um to, to have a go and, and see what we can do because you know if you can get people uh, equipped at that age then you know wonderful for them no, yeah yeah sure so for self-teaching i mean what what would you recommend are there any good like lectures Books. Uh, how would you go about? So, um, some time ago, I I wrote a blog post on books and other resources. Oh, yeah. Uh, and um, I think Andy, you had something similar in the past, right? Yeah, I copied immediately after. <laughs> <laughs> the so usual was, thing. To, yeah, yeah plagiarism. Change some names. It's sickening. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah know, that's I, right. I remember what I tried to do is that there are so many resources around that it's really, really hard to decide what to what to get, right? And especially if you go on the web. But even if you just want to focus on books, there are so many right now that it's really hard to, to know where to start. Yeah. So I have a few books that I think are really, really basic and uh, they do not overlap too much. Okay. And for me, these books are, and I can tell you why I, I really like them. The first one is uh, Show Me the Numbers by Stephen Few. Yeah. And I learned so much from this book because it's basically only about uh, very basic graphs like uh, bar charts, timelines, even tables, and so on. But it helps you to understand how, what are the basic building blocks of visualization. If you if you don't master this first, it's really, really hard to do anything fancier that is also effective at the same time. So I think this is this is a really great introductory book from my point of view. Yeah. Um, that was my first book. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And, <laughs> I never read it. I, oh, yeah. Oh, I have shame to you. <laughs> Get off the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the second book I is... I read only books where I appear somewhere. 
Oh, oh, a diva. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Cinderella. He doesn't even pick up the book himself. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the second one is the is more academic. Is readings in information visualization using vision to think. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a classic. I, I mean, but it's a bit dated, a real, isn't it? Fun to say. It, it is. It is. Yeah. It's a bit dated. But what yeah. I normally suggest is to start to read chapter one. And I think chapter one still is the best introduction to information visualization ever, mm-hmm. ever. You cannot go, you cannot go wrong with the first chapter. There okay. are so many basic principles uh, summarized in a few pages that, I mean, it's really, it's, it's the best you can get. Okay. If you want to start with something small and it's a very solid foundation from the theoretical point of view, I think that's the best you can get. Okay, it could be, but maybe if uh, we'll have to see how, how. I think it was fairly expensive. And you're not in it. And just for that <laughs> yeah. one chapter, and I mean, a big part of the book are, are classic papers, but I'm, I'm not sure how much they would help somebody who yeah, is now getting started. You know, it's a collection of pa- the rest is yeah. a collection of papers, and most it's mostly outdated. Yeah. Mm. But the first, if they could publish only the first chapter, yeah, 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 I yeah. think it would be really, really valuable. Yeah, yeah. could be. And um, then, of course, you cannot not read uh, at least one Tufti's book. That's true. <laughs> and I think the visual display of quantitative information yeah, is still the best. I mean, yeah. you cannot go wrong with that one. Yeah, that's true. It's the most basic one, basic principles. Still not easy to read. I think every Tufti book is not an easy read at all. And um, it's, it's, it's more, uh, I guess, a, a, almost like a stream of conscience, isn't it? It's, it's a, a set of <laughs> ideas. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you wouldn't pick, you wouldn't kind of have that next to your computer and follow step by step what to do. But it's yeah, a reference for, you know, sticking a bookmark in different pages. This is a really great design concept that will transcend all tasks and just, you know, stick in your mind as a, as a thing to remember and to recall as you. As you go through the process, so yeah, I mean that's that's kind of how I've, how I've used that book. It's a great book. Yeah, and then uh, the last one I would mention is information visualization perception for design from Colin Ware. Yeah, which you mentioned already before in the podcast. Yeah, and that's the. I mean, if you want to have and you have to have a solid foundation from the perceptual point of view. I mean that's the book. Yeah. I mean, if you really, if you really want to choose one book, that's the book. If you want to get serious about visualization, you have to read this book. And um, I have a small criticism about this this book, or a kind of warning. It's in many cases it's very hard. At least I found it yeah. hard to translate this the content of this book in practical rules exactly yeah yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's really great hard. to learn about all this this background info you know and at some point then you, it, you go aha you know during work <laughs> also and, and think back to it but it's not really a guide you know how to how to do it right yeah yeah it's not a guide but it's important and yeah, uh, yeah. you get the feeling that once you know these things everything is much more whatever you do in visualization is much more well reasoned and uh, you get you acquire those skills that help you justifying the why you do things in a certain way yeah yeah and i'm i'm just looking through the uh, 
the books that I put up on the on the site, and it, it's such a it's such a process of layering up your your knowledge because I mean you've got the the foundation stuff there, but I mean you you could also argue that there are elements of um, as we've mentioned before William Cleveland's book, yeah, visualizing course. data, or even actually. I'd probably not bother getting the book and just try and get track down the research paper that he did around uh, 83, 84 with uh, McGill. Um, yeah. And, and then, you know, there's there's different perspectives that you can drop into. I mean, I, I've always got a lot out of um, books like Donald Norman's book and um, uh, Bill Buxton, Alan mm-hmm. McCreech, and, you know, all these different perspectives that just reinforce messages or just bring a different p- p- kind of angle to things. Um Lillian yeah. Wilkinson, Grammar Graphics. I mean, it, you know, there are so many books out there. It's it's a wonderful um, kind of subject to get into if you've got a, a, an appetite for reading and, and consuming books. Um, and um, yeah. I must say that what is really interesting is that recently we also we also saw the um, so new books came that are more about data visualization that they have a more practical mm-hmm. angle. Yeah. And I think that's, that's great too. I mean, the book from uh, Nathan Yao, yeah. that's that's a great book. And also the other one, Noah. what is it called? Please help me. Yeah. Does that, does that have... Data visualizations. Yeah. yeah. These are two books that are much more practical and I think they very nicely complement the more theoretical ones mm-hmm. and they are equally important. Is it too shameless if I announce that I'm writing a book as well? Wow, oh, that's a scoop. Uh, Moritz, we have a scoop. Yes. <laughs> you had it here first. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm working on a book. And, um, Excellent. A wow. In fact, I'm wow. potentially working on three What books, will it be but... about? Soccer? <laughs> yeah, it's about oh, oh, Korean. Korean. British, British soccer. <laughs> yeah, My, microbreweries. <laughs> It's um, yeah, it's about <laughs> colouring between the lines, uh, an introduction guide. But um, <laughs> I guess it, it's going to be in in some respects similar to the sort of stuff that I do with the uh, based the training around. So makes sense. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to leave it quite enigmatic and elusive, and I'm just going to leave it there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know, I've, uh, I've I've plugged it, and uh, I'll keep people in, informed as as things develop. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, it's an interesting challenge actually translating knowledge into training and then training into a book format because it's yeah. kind of yeah. completely different format. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and on training, you rely on the dialogue as well, right? The interaction, and, you yeah. Know, and and when the book, you're like talking to the wall. <laughs> that's it. And it's yeah. linear and it's, it's so really difficult. Yeah. yeah, so watch this space anyway. But, um, cool. But you have a publisher to... or are you like... Yeah, I've got uh, a publisher, yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. So, Fantastic. Wow, wow. Wow. Ah. We have a scoop. <laughs> Gonna be the best book ever. Oh, yes. my word. <laughs> Does it have pictures? It will have pictures. That's fantastic. Not pop-up pictures. pictures. It'll have pictures. Fantastic. But um, I think it's... Is it going... Go ahead, sorry. I hope it's not going to be another one of those table books that you never read. A coffee table book? No. Coffee table book. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, it's, it's actually, I think, going to be uh, published as an e-book to start with. Uh, okay. Okay. Great. 
Cool, um, cool, so cool. He's does it walk. have an animal on the cover? <laughs> no, there's no, <laughs> there's no animals or crustaceans or any bird shit. <laughs> but, Do you um, want me and Moritz on the cover? <laughs> <laughs> on the back cover? Maybe on the back cover, yeah, peer review <laughs> people, yeah. yeah. Very small. So, <laughs> But yeah, so, yeah, I mean, going back to the, uh, this, this section, I mean, books is something that you can you know, get from libraries and dive into and, you know, I think uh, just, not just myself and, and you, Enrico, I think uh, um, George, Georgie Camos did a post as well. So there are a lot of people out there sharing their experiences of what books have been mm-hmm. important to them. So yeah. Yeah. it just goes and back to the point about immersing yourself in the subject. One thing that helped me a lot was I was at some point just Googling for information, visualization, lecture, PDF. And it's amazing, you know, because yes. everybody puts their slides online. And so I, I went through Jeff Hears' slide, uh, you know, and and all some really good lecturers. This one brilliant. And then stuff. just followed up the references from there. So that was a great <laughs> summary of what I should probably yeah. should probably yeah. know. And you know, yeah. and uh, the other thing is on iTunes, you just Google for visualization. There's some complete visualization lectures online. Yeah. Um, and I some think, from um, Harvard, some from Stanford. Yes, and, that's what I said. mean, it's a bit tedious to watch, you know, a, a university lecture that wasn't meant for video, but uh, <laughs> still you can take a lot out of these. So Yeah. yeah. And then you can go online and get a full certificate and say you've passed the, the, the degree. Yeah, <laughs> they know they're now doing these mass lectures right. with like hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, no info with one, but it might come at some point. Uh, it must come at some point, yeah. It must definitely yeah. come, yeah. yeah. And so and, um, that, that's an amazing development if you think about it. Yeah. yeah. Gotta love and, the internet. <laughs> it's, it's here to stay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's got a go. Yeah, it's got a few. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. And I think Ta- uh, Tamara Mansner is going to write, publish a book. She's writing on a book, yeah. yeah. I've, I've seen a draft. So. And Alberto Cairo's got a book coming out. Oh, it's already out, but he's, he's translated it into English. Wow. Yeah. And there's some other people, and I can't remember who they are now. I did write about it, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a rich period for good quality books. So before we we finish, um, do we want to mention a bit about how to learn the practice of visualization? I mean, so I don't know. We have been discussing a little bit about how to acquire the the basic knowledge, mm-hmm. but let's assume that now that you have this knowledge, how do you translate it into actually being able to design visualization? Mm. Because it's not it's not. It doesn't really come naturally from the. I mean, from my experience, I noticed that it's it's almost impossible to study visualization for hours and then directly translate mm. what you learned into something that is really valuable. It's more of yeah. a craft, right? You really need yeah. to uh, yeah. do it over and over to learn how to do it well. Yeah, I th- I think you need to learn some programming language or some. You need to have some environment that is fairly that's more than template based you know so mm. i think you cannot just use excel and, and try and use excel. I and mean, there's creative uses of excel anyhow um I, I think you need to pick just you know be it html or processing or whatever environment you know. actually that's a good point because we got another question from um lane harrison and he's a phd student at unc charlotte and he asked the question 
which was if I can find it. So uh, what are the pros and cons of DIY tools such as D3 processing versus system tools such as Tableau? Mm. Um, so that, that's a question to you, Moritz. Let's put it to you first. Yeah, I mean, the in a way, it's quite obvious. I mean, the, the, of course, the boundaries are blurring. So every tool brings its assumption with it. Even a D3 is, is not totally unconstrained, right? Mm. But it's a bit more open what you can do there than, for instance, in Tableau. Yeah. And of course, Tableau is a bit like on Rails, right? So mm. you, there's certain things you cannot even do with certain data types because they don't make any sense. Yeah. Well, you can make totally nonsensical stuff in D3 if you like. <laughs> so um, with great power comes great uh, responsibility. responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's quite a But um, yeah. I, I think in order to make a really good visualization, you have to have that freedom of make also nonsensical stuff and then you know, and I think it comes use back it to, power wisely. Yeah, and it comes back to capability and time. Yeah, you know, and thinking about encoding again, I think... Um, the encoding you choose, you know, that makes the the visualization in the end, and you have to explicitly formulate that. So yeah. sometimes in Tableau, I'm not really sure, like, is he scaling the circles, you know, mm. with the square, or is it linear? Hmm. Uh, I don't you know, actually. Things, you know, it's yeah. like, let's measure it. Yeah. And But if I program it, I know, like, what's the process from data to visual, and I think you should know if you... It's the control. It's like, you know, if you're a chef and you're cooking, you don't use, like, pre-made food. Uh, you know, it's like, <laughs> well, hello, <so> <laughs> please. You chop your carrots and you, you peel your... Onions. So can, can we yeah. suggest... So if a person wants to learn Infobiz, do you think there's no way to do it without knowing a little bit of programming? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. That's a recurring question, and I agree. I mean, but on the other hand... Actually, can I take my answer well? back? I want to take my answer back. Because, well, I guess this is visualization, yeah. I mean, I suppose if we expanded things to include things like infographics, then obviously there's a great deal of inf infographics that are done through illustration and, uh, you know, obviously built on some sort of data or information element. But, yeah, I guess visualization, I mean, to to fully unleash the power of a visualization, then programming languages is unfortunately uh, a requirement. Yeah, I yeah. mean, but, uh, information okay. graphics has been around before computers, so, I mean, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> that sort of makes William, William Playfair managed, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but I think if you talk about data visualization, I think it's quite clear. Yeah, but what I want to say at the same time is that you don't need to become a software engineer to do this. No, you can totally like wing it. <laughs> I mean, you you can you can start with processing. I think it's really nice because uh, it's not a too steep learning curve there. Yeah, and not necessarily you have to learn every. Every detail about Java, you can start with processing and well, see what happens. Right? Well, that's interesting because I, I need to I need to learn, uh, and and I've kind of lined up this summer to to focus on one, one particular tool. So, um, so you both would say processing's got the more accessible sure. routing no, versus I'm D3 not sure. Be because of the lack of UI toolkits. Okay. Yeah, and so yeah. I think if you really want to do interactive stuff, processing is great if you have just one view in your application. But if you have like three different tabs, yeah, and different controls and zooms and pans and whatever, it's it's a lot of work actually. So 
I think Flash is the perfect environment. <laughs> I think it's a bit tragic, you know, yeah. it's, that it's going away because it was really made for visualization. So I'm really a bit bummed here. But I think for for fresh people, I would I would say build it inside the browser. You know, you you have HTML is fantastic and mm. and CSS and JavaScript is okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, but there's lots of libraries and the community counts. But I mean, processing would be my second choice, especially if you go more high definition and yeah. installations and yeah. cinematic effects and so on. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it's also a matter of the the nice environment it it provides. I mean, mm -hmm. you don't there's a it, very you active community, lots of source code around. Access. Lots of source code, yeah. lots of documents. Documentation, Absolutely. and then you basically you install it, you run it, and you can start writing code right away. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah, don't have and to it's learn nice any people around it. So yeah, everybody active in the processing scene is really cool, and that you're right, that makes a big difference. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Good. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, one last thing I wanted to mention about practice is. Another question that I always get is how do you find data and how do you yeah. find interesting problems? I think that's another big issue, especially Oof. for people who are just mm -hmm. starting. Big question. Um, yeah. yeah, what do you think? There's plenty of problems going around. Um, but, I mean, they, they, there are so many and, and growing in number uh, sources of data. Data market, uh, InfoChimps, Guardian Data Blog, you know, I guess... It's whether or not these are the data sets that you particularly want to, to have a go with, but if you are just looking for something to practice on, um, and as we said before, the, the value of the contests, you know, there's, there's usually perfect data sets prepared for you there and uh, and also a problem or a, or a brief that comes with it. So they're great test environments to, to practice. Mm. But, I mean, the, the, the amount of, of data on, on, on the web these days is, is just infinite, so that you shouldn't struggle to find... Work, which will bank data or you know, yeah. two, two things I find always like interesting or where people don't think about so much, but there's a lot of stuff on your hard drive, mm. and also like you know, let's say Skype, yeah, your, your yeah. chat history is on your hard drive, so yeah. you could you could vis totally visualize that. Um, API. The other thing is things. you can also generate your own data sets, and I like that for teaching to say. I, we started zero, first we generate a data set. And because then you have to think about like, okay, what do I actually measure? How do I measure it? You know, what's the granularity? Mm -hmm. um, isn't it redundant if I measure this, but that as well? You yeah. know, I could just, you know, write down this one value because the other one depends on it and stuff like that. So um, th I think that's a good exercise too, to think about like, how could I generate my own data? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great advice because if you have data that you care for, first mm -hmm. and you can really understand yeah then you have a huge advantage mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to create something that is meaningful and interesting and not i don't know obvious right yeah exactly and i think just kind of closing the uh the, the benefit of the practice angle down um you need to you know put your work out there you need to let people Evaluate it and critique it and and, mm -hmm. and feedback because otherwise you kind of exist in that bubble of just you and the design and your own taste and and, and that's kind of good for only so far. So you know, get a Tumblr blog, get a blog, get something going where you can publish the work and and seek you know feedback from people in the field to 
to kind of refine the skill and, and that'll, that'll be where the practice actually comes alive and that's where the experience will, will develop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that criticism has a big role in learning the how to do good visualization because by seeing what other people do and having a critical eye and trying to think about what works and what doesn't work, it's it's really, really useful, especially at yeah. the beginning. There is um, the blog y, The Y-Axis, which I really, really like because yeah. it's totally devoted to very detailed criticism and constructive criticism, by the way, of uh, of anything. Mm-hmm. And also very balanced, right? Yeah. Very balanced, very balanced. Yeah. It's always mentioning good and bad things and i think this is this is a perfect example of how you can you can acquire better skills in producing good visualizations because first you have to understand what works and what doesn't work and the best ways to look at what others do and mm-hmm. also actively think about how would i redesign it in order yep. to overcome these problems and normally what you find is that as soon as you try to fix a problem then you have another problem somewhere else, right? <laughs> <laughs> then you have two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you fix this problem and you, have, and you create another problem. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's important to go through this process. Yeah, I, I and also everything is a trade-off. So in the beginning, you often yeah, think like exactly. there's the perfect solution, but usually there no. isn't. So and yeah. you have to yeah. learn to, to live with these trade-offs. And basically, it's all about picking the right trade-off. You know, the, well, that's the, right. The least worst solution. And um, I was... I had an e- email conversation with Jay Thorpe about um, the process that he went through for a recent work for, um, oh, I can't remember the magazine, it's called, it just escaped my mind, uh, Popular mm. Science. Popular Science. 138 yeah. years of Popular Science. And mm. what was interesting about uh, what he revealed there was he, he, he conceded that he, his process is riddled with errors and blind alleys and mm-hmm. uh, things that don't go away. So, you know, even, yeah. even the best... It's a sad profession. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pathetic. It, it's, it, it's built on failure. <laughs> you know, yeah, um, to, to, you know don't expect to get things right the first time because it's, yeah. it's an iterative process. But I'm, I'm constantly cursing during work. I mean, <laughs> during, during the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah usually. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> for others, yeah. I mean, for others. For yeah. me, it's fun. Yeah. yeah, you should work on yourself. <laughs> exactly. Maybe I should do that. <laughs> like the live stream. Then visualize it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wordle. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, um, I, I think we're good. I mean, if now people don't know how to learn it, what else can what we What hope is there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not well, that I hard. Mean, I mean, come on. <laughs> no, I think it's good to. Yeah, I mean, we just barely scratched the surface, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we have some blog posts around, and we will keep uh, talking about these things in the future. I believe so too. And um, Andy's book, that's... I'm so looking forward. I'm, I'm, uh, oh, I'm yeah, really curious <laughs> now. Damn it! Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's tr- maybe maybe the listeners won't believe it, but we didn't really know it. It's, that was no, it's a genuine scope. I, I didn't even know you Is could it? write, basically. I can write, yeah. <laughs> was it a present for us, Andy? <laughs> it was, a, it was the, the, the gift of being invited back to uh, episode five. Probably he just made it up and now he's like checking out publisher websites. Yeah, and exactly. I'm just quickly writing a book <laughs> like, to speak. Yeah. Like, you know, Googling for free online, <laughs> free online <book> publishing, <laughs> ghostwriter, quick, 
<laughs> Insert author name, yeah. Exactly. And now pick a cover for your <laughs> so-called book. <laughs> it will come. It will arrive. Don't worry. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm totally okay. looking forward to that. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Moritz. Yes, I'm looking forward to C conference, by the way, which is in nine days or something. So if you're in Germany, pick a ticket. I think there are still tickets available. There will be Manuel Lima, Stephanie Posovic. And on Sunday, we'll do a little workshop, C plus, with some of the speakers. That's great. Yeah, yeah. One of my students is coming. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. There's some big, there's some big names there. I understand there's... Uh, Jan Willem, there's Gregor. Andrew On the workshop, Lando. yeah, everybody. The who's who. Be Benny Wiederkehr. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to be great. Is Paolo going? Uh, no, I think he has some other obligations. Oh, okay. So, but it's, it's, a good, it's a good lineup. So if you're in the neighborhood, drop in. Yeah, in the neighborhood means like around, around a thousand miles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the fly there without changing... Well, that's, that's the way I view Europe. It's just one big neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's training, is it not? That's the end of the training. It discussion. is. It is most definitely. So no, it was, it was really interesting, back, and I mean, we could do this, I think, every week basically. But um, yeah. But, but we have to get so so much to learn. Yeah. 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 Okay, guys. Folks, so I think I think we have to cut it here. We have been talking for. One three hour days. Hours. It's always with days, the Andy. You know? Always with <laughs> the talking. The yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bonus, bonus material. <laughs> we'll publish the outtakes as well, shall we? Bonus for one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me. <laughs> okay, guys. Yeah. So um, was great to yeah. have you. Thank you very much, Andy. Te thanks a lot. I mean, it's great having you here. We'll have you again when you have your so-called book out. Okay, so, next yeah, year. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Doug, it was great having you. Thank you. Yeah, we we bye have bye. plans for Moritz. I Do we have we a plan? Plans, oh. I think we have a plan for for having an, the next episode on color. The color show. Yeah, I hope we the can do the show. next one. We want to have a very special guest on colors. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, if we manage to do that, then the next one should be on color, I think. Yeah, because color is a good topic. Otherwise, we just make something up and go with it. Any progress okay. on Mr. Tufty? Yeah. Eddie, yeah, Eddie. why not? Yeah, <laughs> But he's not great in color. He's more like a, a black and white guy, oh, isn't he? I, I like, tell you who we need for color. You need Nigel Blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good point. Yeah, no, at least Nigel like make one uh, statement in between. <laughs> yeah. It might be a limited discussion, but it'll be yeah, good. I mean, yeah, he can only talk about color, not colors. Uh -huh. <laughs> but uh, <Yes. laughs> color, color theory, yeah, yeah, okay. color theory that might work with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, it um, might be an option too. It's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can see. Okay. Okay, Doug. Okay, guys. Have a Thanks great a uh, time. Enjoy yeah. your week. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.